Hello friends, this is Matt and this is Something From Everything, a podcast about embracing meaning and discovering wisdom through telling better stories. And this one, this is a story close to my heart. This is a story about my dog, the beautiful brute. And of course, it's a love story. And I have to tell you, dear listener, that my partner had more than a few concerns that I wrote my first post about love about our dog (laughs) and not her. But I think that there's something about a beloved pet that shows us so clearly all the ways that our hearts accommodate and even come to appreciate the rougher edges of those that we learn to embrace with our whole heart. And the nature of the relationship with our pet also gives us a glimpse into the grief that awaits us, how fleeting that relationship is, how our love can be both robust and fragile in the same instance. This one is called Price of Love. I hope you enjoy it. There he is magnificent beast. He stands watch, regal, and perched upon his throne, the padded dog bed inset within our living room's bay window. The border Aussie, border collie, Australian shepherd, surveys his expansive kingdom. He stands at attention, his tail rhythmically striking the glass pane as he guards his realm against oncoming Amazon delivery drivers, errant felines, and any and all squirrels. He is absolutely, quantifiably, and without exception, the best dog. Except, of course, for the times that he isn't. That one time that I left the barbecued steaks and chicken in the middle of the patio table, and then returned moments later to find an empty plate licked clean, he was not the best dog then. Or the many times that I walk with him and our youngest to the school and tie him up at the edge of the playground yard, because I respect the bylaws, and he whines and howls like I have abandoned him forever. Not the best dog then, either. Or that one time that we reluctantly joined another family's fire pit when we were tobogganing, and our dog marked his territory on a stranger's folding chair, and his picnic basket. (laughs) We made a hasty retreat, and he was not too popular then, either. Or the one time he jumped onto the trampoline that he knew he was not allowed on and pooped in the middle of it. Yes, that really happened. I can't make that crap up, but he did in the middle of our trampoline. Truth be told, During the times when my dog is pulling on the leash or attempting to jump up excitedly on an approaching friend, stranger, or bylaw officer, I am keenly aware that my dog is not the best dog ever. At times, I start to wonder if my dog is even really a good dog after all. It has occurred to me more than once that my dog may in fact be a bit of a poor listener, a brute, and a bit of a spaz. Still, despite the steaks and chicken and whining and peeing and the trampoline incident, he is still my absolute favorite. It's a good thing I like him, 
because he is always right there. Occasionally, he will find himself on the wrong end of a closed door, stuck on the front lawn after we bring in the last bag of groceries, temporarily unaware of his absence. He never ventures far. Eventually, we'll hear a polite or impatient bark and find him sitting at the front door, staring up at us. This is a dog that likes to be close. He curls up at the end of our youngest child's bed, lying on sheets and making it difficult for my son to pull blankets up over himself. When we allow him up on the couch, he fancies himself a lapdog and splays his furry 60-plus pound body across our legs. Whatever favorable features or faults he has, our dog is a member of our family. He gets included in the group pictures. He'll gladly go on any and every outing, even when we have no particular destination. When we go on weekend excursions or extended road trips, he is always the first into the van. We pay extra to stay in the loudest, coldest, bare-bones hotel rooms on the main floor that allow pooches. And we can be sure that by the end of our trip, each and every piece of clothing we own will be covered in some amount of dog hair and maybe a bit of slobber. It might seem like a steep price to pay the concessions and accommodations necessary to love a dog like that, but it's really not. We've been doing this for nearly a decade now, and honestly, it feels strange on the odd occasion that we do have to leave him behind. I've gotten used to him being constantly underfoot, but I know he won't always be. Just a month ago now, we thought we might lose him. Border Collies are famously high-energy dogs with well-documented neurotic and obsessive behaviors, so when ours began occasionally licking his left elbow callus, we didn't think too much of it. In time, we noticed that the licking had become habitual and the callus more inflamed. We began to wrap the leg, and when that failed, we brought out that dreaded cone. Soon, we noticed that the inflamed area had grown to its own distinct growth. By the time we got him into the vet, it was roughly the size of a golf ball. We knew from the beginning that it might be cancer. Our vet agreed and booked a date for the lump to be surgically removed and examined for pathology. The vet was hopeful that the growth was not completely embedded in the leg, but that we should prepare ourselves for future surgeries or other possibilities, including other growths or the worst case scenario. We would also have to tell our kids what was happening. Suddenly, I was 16 again, hearing the news from my dad that my childhood pet would have to be put down, driving in the car with him to the vet, saying goodbye to my best friend. I remember the heartbreak and the white-hot, ignorance-infused anger I had towards my parents that they hadn't done more. And now, it appeared it was my turn to break my children's hearts and to attempt to shepherd them through this awful, impossible time. I had walked right into a trap that I had already seen laid bare years earlier. Why? Why would you get a dog for your family when you know that this conversation and the heartache that comes with it will inevitably follow? 
when you know that both you and they will love that pet unreservedly. What sort of short-sighted monster would do this to their kids, to themselves? A few weeks later, I found out that we didn't have to have that conversation. Not yet. The lump was excised and found to be non-cancerous. We were only out the not insignificant cost of the surgery and a few weeks of watching the wound carefully as it heals. Our neurotic, barking, underfoot, stake-stealing, hair-shedding, leash-pulling dog gets to continue being the best dog ever, at least to us. We were extremely lucky, but I know that that conversation and the grief that comes with it it's still coming. And there are a lot harder conversations still coming. It's tempting to want to minimize our risks, try to protect our heart against the grief that threatens to swallow us whole, especially when we have insight into how much it is going to hurt us. But it's impossible because grief is the price of love. We don't get to experience one without the other. We only grieve that which we have loved and everything and everyone we love now, we will also grieve one day. They are two sides of the exact same coin. And this is true for whoever and whatever we are grieving. I know that there are griefs, both great and small, both personal and communal. Some may mourn the loss of a career or a friendship that is no longer close. Some of us have mourned the loss of friends, a spouse, or a family member. Some have lost hope that the future will be better than today, or that there will even be a future for our children or grandchildren. All of us mourn some form of the world that has changed and left us Whatever we have experienced, whatever we are experiencing, we don't need to compare our grief. There is more than enough grief to go around. But our grief should also encourage us. Our grief shows us that our hearts are still in it, that we still have hearts, that we have what it takes to love because we have what it takes to mourn. That despite all the troubles we face, we are not half-hearted or calloused or indifferent. We are courageous, each and every one of us who loves, knowing the price we will one day have to pay. Those who are willing to be brokenhearted are wholehearted, and the wholehearted know that the price of love is steep, but they also know that it's worth it. Well, friends, that is it. Episode 18 of the Something From Everything podcast, The Price of Love. The music at the intro and at the credits here is All Star by Adrian Berenger. And at the closing, it's a track Now or Never by Michael Vignola. Both tracks are royalty-free, purchased through storyblocks.com. 
If you like my words but hate my voice, then you can read my full posts online at my site, somethingfromeverything.com. You can even subscribe while you're there. And if you just can't get enough of my words and voice, how about some video? <laughs> you can view videos of this and other recent episodes on Instagram TV, IGTV, or YouTube. But search for the something from everything in quotations, uh, and I should be the first artist that pops up. I'm brand new, and YouTube's a big old space, so hit those subscribes and like button if you want to find future content by me. If you can see regular posts, quotes, developing ideas, and the occasional short video by following the Something From Everything podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you enjoy this podcast, and especially if you find value in it, would you consider sharing it with someone you think might enjoy it as well? Or if you're listening on an Apple device, would you take a moment and leave a review for this podcast? It really helps me and helps the podcast stand out. As always, I appreciate all the feedback, all the shares, and all the support. Thanks for listening, friends. I hope that we love and grieve with our whole hearts, especially when we know what's coming. I hope we can take pride in the courage that we have to feel it all. I hope that we see the capacity that each of us has for great love and acknowledge the grief that we see all around us and inside of us. May it somehow give us hope that we are truly all in this together as we all create something from everything. Thanks, friends.